What's going on out there, everyone? And welcome to the latest installment of the Man Cave Huddle. And I am your host, Greg, once again. Thank you for taking the time out of your schedule so we could just chill out, talk about some sports. I don't have any lifestyle or entertainment in this one. But then again, we're going to talk about college football must-watch games and this being week seven. So this could be lifestyle in that if these guys play good enough, their lives will change and they'll get drafted. And this could be entertainment because, you know, live sport is always entertaining. But before we get on to that, I just want to say we're living in such a weird time right now. And, and, you know, not just with the coronavirus, but more so just sports in general and as a whole and how this virus is just changing how sports operates on a daily basis. I mean, this past week we had a... um, a football game on a Tuesday, no Thursday night football. Now we have uh, uh, next Monday, we having a five o'clock Monday night, well, Monday afternoon football game, followed by Monday night football game. You have teams testing positives, having false positives. You have teams just each week not knowing how to deal with this. And I think one of the hardest things that you're going to have to I don't want to say the hardest, but the thing that you're going to have to give credit to with the team that winds up winning the Super Bowl is how they navigated through the season. Because even if you're the Chiefs or whoever the presumptive favorite might be, it's still hard having to deal with every day not knowing are you going to have to shut down your facility if somebody tests positive. I just need to let that go. But look, let's talk about week seven in a league where they don't. Play for pay. So we're going to talk about <laughs> college football, your must-watch games for week seven. Uh, this weekend, Saturday, October 7th, we are going to talk about, no, not 7th, I'm sorry, 17th, Saturday the 17th. One of the games I wanted you guys to really get a look at was number 17, the LSU Tigers. They would have been at number four, the Florida Gators. But like I was just saying, due to positive tests within the Florida Gators team, the game has been postponed due to coronavirus. coronavirus. So um, another game. That will be played as of now because, you know, you could wake up tomorrow. You just never know. But as of now, this game is going to be played tomorrow at high noon on the ACC Network. It will be the Pittsburgh Panthers, who are 3-2, and two, taking on the number seven, Miami. It's all about the U. Hurricanes, who are 3-1 and one in the Miami Gardens, Florida, at the Hard Rock Stadium. It's weird because with Miami, although it's a home game, they never really play at home at like a college stadium. They play where the Dolphins play. But, I mean, I guess it's cool because, you know, the trip, you could have way more fans. And it's just, you know, maybe for some of the players that are playing there, they kind of get a look at what it will be like on and playing at the next level. But uh, enough of that. Let's get to the game. So, um, you know, one of the things about the Pittsburgh Panthers, they never they most of the time, they don't have a prolific offense, but what they always have is a really, really good defense. I mean, they're one of the teams where you sit there and say, oh, they stink because they're not ranked or their record or whatever, but no, it is always a ball fight when you play these guys. I mean, they're seeking their first win over Miami since 2017, in which they, de- which they defeated at that time the number two ranked Hurricanes. But this defense of Pittsburgh, the Panthers, it leads the ACC and ranks second nationally in rush defense, allowing only 52 yards a game. And Miami, the Miami Hurricanes, yeah, you guessed it. 
They average 196 and a half yards rushing per game. So something's going to have to give there. Something's going to have to give there. Now, along with uh, that rush defense, the defense of the Panthers also leads the ACC and ranks third nationally with five sacks per game. Now, a couple players that I want you to pay attention to on the defensive side of the ball for the Panthers. Two bookends. One of them, defensive end number 91, senior Patrick Jones II. Through five games, he has seven sacks. And his his uh, defensive end bookend brother, number 17 senior, Rashad Weaver, who through four games has seven tackle for loss, four and a half sacks, and two forced fumbles. Now, when it, like I was just saying, you sit there and you look at these two defensive ends and they apply all this pressure. And as a team, what does this defense do? Well, it ranks fourth nationally in tackle for loss with 10.4 per game. So what that does is that pretty much puts you in second and long, third and long, and now the defense can ID on what and how you're trying to pass the ball. And that secondary is no joke either because they have six interceptions through five games. So, I mean, they they have a way of playing defense. They get it done, and they execute. Now, when you look at the other side of the, the, the field, you got the Miami Hurricanes here. Now, they lead the series 27-11-1, okay? Now, they I don't want to say it's one side of the ball or the other. I want to say it's just a couple players for me that just got to show up and blow up. One of them, like I've been saying, every week in and week out has been the quarterback for the Hurricanes. Number one, redshirt senior, De'Eric King, who threw um, his four games this season. He has 857 pass yards, six TDs with two picks. And then he has 241 rush yards at two rushing TDs. So all he has to do is just show up and do what you do. Now, on the defensive side of the ball, there's a couple guys here, man, that that, that are just... I don't want to say these guys... Look out for these guys. The the, the Panthers had to bookend defensive ends. Well, the Hurricanes got some bookend safeties. One of them, number 24, redshirt senior Bubba Bolden. 27 tackles, three tackle for loss. One pick, three forced fumble. But get this, he's one of those tall, long type of basketball-looking players, he has two blocked field goals, okay? So this dude knows how to use his length. The other safety, number five, another senior, Amari Carter, has 20 tackles. Now, look, I've seen the Miami Hurricanes play a couple times this year. This dude, number five, Amari Carter, out of his 10 tackles, he's probably had half of those tackles be some of those woo type of hits. The ones where you're like, mm, the guy gets up, and he's like, what'd you say, Mom? I want peppers and eggs with my sausage. And you're like, all right, take his helmet. He's going to the sideline. There was one where he just hit the guy. The guy just laid down, and the coaches came over to him, and they were just like, look, breathe, 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 just breathe. So, I mean, these guys, they're hard hitters. They're, good, they're solid tacklers, and they're very uh, active in that secondary. Now, like I've been also saying, another player, a defensive lineman, number two, redshirt senior, Quincy Roche. He's all over the field. Number five, I'm sorry, not number five. He's number two, but he has five and a half tackles for loss and two sacks thus far. The defense of the Hurricanes, very active. The offense, they got a lot of weapons and a dual threat quarterback in De'Ara King, who's very special. But this is the thing. Last week, 
when I had mentioned the Miami Hurricanes is the you back. And I said, you have to win to be back. And if they wanted to be back, they needed to be Clemson. And they didn't get it done. Now, what usually, and I don't want to say what usually happens, but in the past years, when people start talking that, is the U back, is the U back, is the U back, they would lose a game like they lost against Clemson, which is understandable because they Clemson is a better team. But then it just becomes a dumpster fire for the rest of the season, and they just seem to spiral out, and everything that they did good, you completely forget. Now, look, this is a game where I think it's going to be harder than it seems. I think it's going to be closer than the 13-and-a-half favorite that the Hurricanes are, but I do feel that with the scrambling as well as the throwing ability of De'Eric King, the Miami Hurricanes will win this game. Tighter than you'll want it to be, but they will win this game. Now, this one, in this next game, this is my... This is dinner time right here, and it's literally going to be on at dinner time. It's going to be on at 8 p.m. on CBS, where you were going to have the number three Georgia Bulldogs undefeated at 3-0, playing the Alabama Roll Crimson Dodd, also 3-0. And like I always say, somebody's going to leave sad because they're going to have their first loss of the season on national TV. This game is going to take place in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, at Bryant-Denny Stadium. Now, the classic quote, styles make fights, this matchup right here falls right in line with that. When you look at the Georgia Bulldogs this year thus far, it is all about the D. I mean, you don't even need to watch what they do in our offense. Well, you should, because if you're a fan, you want to see the touchdowns. But it is all about this D. I mean, let's just look at where they rank nationally in a couple categories. Points allowed, 12 points per game. That ranks fifth nationally. Who have they played? Bro, they're playing in the SEC. So it doesn't matter who they played. 12 points a game through three games, fifth nationally. Rush yards allowed per game, 38.3, first nationally. Total yards allowed, 236.7. That ranks second nationally. Now, when you look at those ranks, they don't allow a lot of yards. They don't allow you to run. And the points that you get are probably going to be field goals. Now, the player that is leading this defense, the guy that you really got to pay attention to, is outside linebacker number 13, redshirt sophomore Aziz Ojulari. In his three games this year, he has three sacks, three forced fumbles, and six tackle for loss. So this guy's all over the field. He really gets busy, and he's really a playmaker for this defense. Georgia, they have what it takes on offense to win at a high level, but this defense is really lullaby because when they get their hands on you, they just lullaby you to sleep. Now, Alabama, come on. Roll damn tide. But look, with this team, it's all about the offense. But before we get into that, the Crimson Tide lead this series. 22 wins, 13 losses, four ties, and they've won the last five in a row. To me, the biggest loss that Alabama is going to have this weekend is this fact that Nick Saban, who was undefeated against his former assistants and who who was Kirby Smart, head coach of the Georgia Bulldogs, one of his former assistants. He, Nick Saban, will not be available 
to patrol the sidelines and coach this game because he's tested positive for the coronavirus, so he is self-quarantining, and he's put it out there that he's pissed off, that he can't at least coach via uh, technology, maybe, you know, on the headset and the ability to coach. They were like, nah, bruh, you're not on the sideline, you ain't saying nothing. And he's not liking that. And I, that, that's a big deal. You know, I know you could say, you know, Saban, he's not in there calling the plays and doing it, but he's the CEO of the team and he's the one that makes it all happen the way it does. Now, with this team this year, it's all about the O. You could say, oh, Alabama, they always have a solid D every year. They do, but this year, it's all about the offense. I mean, they're averaging 51 points per game. Remember what I told you with that Georgia defense only allowing 38.3 yards per game? Yeah, Alabama, they rush for 175 yards per game. And remember what I told you with that Georgia D, 236 yards total per game? Yeah, the total offense for Alabama, 560. Okay, so somebody's going to either come with that big haymaker and it's going to either connect and miss and somebody else is going to clap back with that uppercut. Now, when you talk about this offense, I mean, you have to look at the skill position players. I mean, just the, you have, I'm just going to tell you what these guys are averaging per season. Running back, number 22, senior Najee Harris. He's averaging through three games, 115.7 rush yards per game, 10 rush TDs. In his last outing, he had five. In one damn game. Those are like madness numbers. Now, you want to look at the running back, so at least you're going to make the safeties have to come up. You got to respect his run game, right? Oh, yeah, and another thing, Najee Harris, 27 reception yards per game. Just sprinkle that in with the 115 rushing. Now, you bring the safeties up because you're worried about Najee and what he could do. Well, you got problems if you want to do that because you got wide receiver number six senior, Devonta Smith, who's only averaging 105.3 yards per game and two touchdowns. And they've only played three games, by the way. Okay? And you got another receiver, number 17, junior Jalen Hurt. Waddle, 132 yards per game, three touchdowns. Oh, yeah, another receiver. Yeah, that's right. They got three. Remember last year they had all the rugs, Jerry, Judy, all them dudes that, 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 that got drafted? Alabama, they don't rebuild. They reload. They got another receiver, wide receiver number eight, sophomore, John Michi the third. He's only getting 99.3. Lazy, he's the laziest one out the bunch. Can't get that seven-tenth of a yard to get an even 100, but he's 99.3 with two touchdowns. So you got three receivers that are averaging 100 yards per game, a running back who's averaging a buck 15 per game. What do you do as a defense to stop this game? But you know what? If anybody's going to have an answer, it's going to be this Georgia Bulldog defense. And we're going to see what time it is. Now, look, these, these teams have met, obviously, the, I gave you the series. But in terms of Kirby Smart and a Nick Saban coach team, They've met over the past couple of years, national championship, ACC, regular season. The games always go the same. Georgia always comes out and dominates and looks like, whoa, this looks like the game where they're going to finally win. They just, they just, they just giving Alabama everything they want. They just laying the smackdown. And then I don't know what happens. It's always second half. Depending on the score of the game, it might be mid-third quarter or fourth quarter. Light bulb turns on, 
all of a sudden everything that Alabama couldn't do, they can all of a sudden can do, and everything Georgia could do, they can't do now. Alabama Crimson Tide come in as a four and a half point favorite. I always like to go with my D because defense travels, defense wins championships, but offense wins games. This game is taking place in Tuscaloosa. Georgia Bulldogs, I don't care how good they are in the back of their head. They, nobody on this team in the past five years has beat the Alabama Crimson Tide. Nick Saban won't be there, but all his players and his talent will. I think Alabama, the Crimson Tide, are going to take this game. It's going to be a tight one. And don't be surprised, like I said, if Georgia runs out to, like, let's say something where it's like 27-10 at halftime, and all of a sudden, in the second half of the game, it's 44-44, and it's a dogfight. I'm just saying. And I predict that Alabama's going to win this game, and I think that's what's going to happen. Now, normally, I don't do this. I just like to give you the games that um the week, the must-watch. But this one, I was a little perplexed because this is a potential game for you to watch. 7 p.m. on ABC. You're going to have eighth number um, number five ranked UNC. They'll be taking on unranked the Florida State uh, Seminoles. I said, when I say UNC, I also mean the North Carolina Tar Heels. Now, when I look at North Carolina, they're always known for basketball. And now over the past couple of years with Mac Brown getting there as a head coach, he's really turned them into a legitimate, respectable, and is UNC for real with the football team. Now, this game is going to take place at Florida State, and this isn't your dad's Florida State team where they are like Alabama or Georgia, where they got pros all over the field. But this is a team where... For the first three weeks of the season, they were switching quarterbacks every week. And for the past two games, they went with the same guy starting as a quarterback. You could see the team kind of week to week getting it together, realizing how we're going to play, how we're going to do things. And is this the week where it all comes together underneath the lights in Tallahassee? Or is UNC with that dominant defense they're very talented sophomore quarterback and two running backs last week who both went well over 100 yards. This going to come in there and just give it a one-two and give the, the Florida State a little bit of that barbecue chicken. The UNC Tar Heels, they're favored to win by 13 and a half points. You know what? I'm going to say you got to sometimes go out on a limb. I'm going to say, no, I can't. I was going to say Florida State's going to win this game. And I'm trying to think of scenarios right now in my head. And I'm like, you know what? You, you, them Tar Heels about to bring up, bring out the barbecue chicken and give Florida State everything that they want and more. I'm going with UNC in this game. Although they're favored to win by 13, I can see them winning by like 20. You know, making this uh, uh, something like... Uh, 40 to 17, 38, 17, something crazy like that. But um, yeah, I'm going to go with you. See, it's a potential. Because the thing is, it's like, all right, let's say, you know, like I said in the first half, what if the Bulldogs jump out 21 zip and all of a sudden you look up in mid third quarter and mid second quarter and FSU, they're up 10 0 on the Tar Heels? I would say go with that game because you never know. You never know. 
But anyway, those are the games that I have for you. Uh, enjoy them, watch them. If I, I if I have the time, I'm gonna try and watch all three. But I'm definitely sure gonna try and watch them Bulldogs and Crimson Tide go at it. So like I do in every episode, I wanna give you a positive quote. My positive quote is: Once you've accepted your flaws, no one can use them against you. For all of my Game of Thrones fans out there, that's Tyrion Lannister. Like I'll repeat that. Once you've accepted your flaws, no one can use them against you. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye, everybody.